What's going on, guys? I just want to let you know that I am a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. If you like this show and if you're listening to this, I really hope you do. Go to GiantSizeTeamUp.com for more shows like this one. We've got shows like Breaking the Panel. They talk about all the hot topics in comic books today. We've got Botched, a D&D podcast. A bunch of friends get together, get trashed, and go through the fifth edition of Dungeons & Dragons. We have Pokemon Go. We have Marvel Cinematic Universe. We have DC On Screen. We have Booze and Phasers. A show done by our lovely ladies that drink wine and talk about Star Trek. It's pretty cool, right? Uh, Many other shows. Please go there and check that out. And uh, as always, like the Blazing Defender Reports. Hi, this is Peter David, and you're listening to the Blazing Defender Report. Because you probably have no life. (laughs) (laughs) And now, for your listening pleasure, the Blazing Defender Report. With your host, Travis Jones. And welcome, everyone, to the Blazing Defender Report, episode 54. What's going on, everybody? I'm your host, Travis Jones, the Blazing Defender himself, letting you motherfuckers know that the Nerdageddon will be televised and we are televising it right now on facebook live i want to thank all the people in the chat right now we love you guys i love the feedback i love it when you even troll me that's fine adam andrew you can troll me all you want um but what's going on guys uh i'm your host today i'm going to sharper you through the week of nerddom of comic goodness so sit back grab a brew grab a cup of black rifle coffee and just relax we're going to talk about uh thor ragnarok i went and seen it recently i went and seen it friday morning um, i'm gonna give you a spoiler free um review of that because i know there's some people in the chat right now that have not seen the movie so i don't want to spoil anything but i can tell you i can tell you what i thought about it uh without without spoiling things um and if i do well sorry no i won't i won't i won't spoil anything but uh guys i'm really excited because i have there's been some fantastic comic books come out this week uh really really good books wasn't a huge week but i thought the quality was it's been one of the best weeks i think and mainly because of one book (laughs) and i if you got you guys know me and you know who i'm a fan of so you're probably going to pick it right away what my pick of the week is this week but uh it was so fucking good and i'm so excited like i this is no lie I literally almost cried at the end of it. Like, I almost cried. Like, this, th- th- when he was speaking on the panel, like when I was reading his words, I was like, God, yes, he's back. Yes, Casey, you are correct. But uh, for everybody listening on iTunes, I will save that spoiler for, for the review. Uh, but yeah, got a pretty cool show for you guys. Uh, I know you're like, you say that every week. And uh, guess what? I do have a cool show for you. Now, some weeks are better than others. Uh, I, I love it all, man. I love it all. Like, Wednesday is, like, my favorite day of the week. Uh, I'm a firefighter, so every day's Friday to me. You know, because I work 24 on 48 off. So every day I work is fucking Friday. So I get a bunch of Fridays, right? What other day would I like better than that? Comic book day, Wednesday. So I love it all. But today, or this past Wednesday, was a great, great week. 
I would have had the show on Friday, but it was my 10-year anniversary. So uh, me and my wife had plans for the weekend and stuff. So here I am back. Glad to be with you guys. Uh, but first, before we get to all the comic goodness, a brief word from our sponsors. No, um, I've always wanted to say that for some reason. Isn't that weird? Um, <clears throat> you hear it all the fucking time. So, yeah, when you get an opportunity to say it, you want to fucking say it. So, hey, I've got to say it. i got to do it right. i got to do these guys right. This is Collector Zone. Love, love, love Collector Zone. I love it so much. I want to I wanna read you all something on their website. And the reason I'm reading this is because I just now noticed it. So I went to their website just to see if there was any sales, uh, what they were selling, what was new. And then they've got this thing. It's called About Us. And there's um, uh, some Funko images of the owners, which Marcos is, is fantastic, by the way. So it says, you know, they were established in 2016, a group of friends and collectors who decided to combine their knowledge by collecting and bring a personal touch to a business. We believe that collecting is a very personal moment in someone's life, so why not make a company who cares and helps you fulfill those moments? Any company can sell you a collectible, but Collector Zone was made with the idea of treating all of our members and friends as partners. We're always involved with our new members, and we invite you all to contact us and interact and enjoy. And what they mean by that is you can ask them. You can reach out and ask those guys for help finding something, and they go looking for it. Like, I've seen it on their Facebook page in the cantina. I've seen it several, several times. That's really cool. You can't do that with anybody else. Now, granted, if Collector's Own ever blows up to the size of Sideshow Collectibles, you may not be able to do that anymore. Uh, but I doubt it because this is the foundation that they have built their business on. I'm glad to be a part of them. Uh, I was actually doing a purchase with them on eBay when Marcos and I uh, came in contact with each other. And one thing led to another. And here we are. We're partners. I'm very, very proud of what they do. Uh, and for you, Andrew, uh, I'm glad you said that because if you think they're expensive, I'm going to save you some money. Okay. So if you go to the website and you get to the coupon code, enter blazing defender 20, you'll take 20% off your total order. Now guys, Christmas is coming up. Christmas is coming up. You can put a shit ton of these Funko pops in a stocking. So and they've got everything, man, from Metallica to NBA to World Series shit. I mean, they get, they get like, high-end collectibles. They get stuff from San Diego Comic-Con. They get stuff from uh, the 2017 toy, Funko Toy Convention. So they've got all kinds of really cool shit, man. And they've got other collectibles as well besides Funko stuff. They have NECA stuff, which you've never seen NECA collectibles. They're really, really cool and very reasonable price for the detail and uh, rendering that you get. So, yeah, and 20%, if you're buying three or four of these things, can really save you some dough. So please go to the website, check out CollectorZone.com, proud partner with the Blazing Defender Report. Uh, now, if you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, I get this a lot. Uh, people say, hey, man, where do you buy your comic books at? Well, that's a good question. It's changed. Uh, I went to Comic Book World for years, for 20-something years. Uh, the management changed, uh, not that it's a bad store by any means. It's not, but I've recently, uh, relocated to the zone comic shop 
on um real quick for iTunes listeners, I do want to answer somebody in the chat real quick. Um I'm not sure about that, Ryan. Uh that's Marcos is somebody you can contact about that. I don't know if they do sell McFarlane toys or not. I can't seem to remember them being on the list. If you go to the website, everybody that they sell is out there, but I'm not saying that they maybe may could not find a McFarlane toy that you're looking for. And McFarlane's got great shit, man. Trust me, I've got several. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so check out their website. Um, and, and like I said, save, save at 20%. So, um, yeah, guys, check them out. Check out the Zone Comic Shop on Her Lane in Louisville, Kentucky. He's had two huge sales uh, the last two Saturdays. Uh, Dan, that runs the Zone, is a huge nerd. You can go in there and talk to him about comic books for hours if you want to. Uh, he's got a beautiful shop. He's got toys everywhere. He can order whatever you want. I order a lot of high-end collectibles from him, like sideshow stuff. Um, <clears throat> I just ordered some uh, Mezco stuff. Like I'll text him, hey, can you get this? Can you get this? I need to pre-order this because I don't want it to sell out. Bob and Dan's like, I got you. I got you. I got you. And that's all you really want to hear is I got you. Gives me a pretty nice discount for doing it too. So check out the Dan on Her Lane in Louisville, Kentucky. It's a fantastic comic shop. Uh, go get you a pull list. He gives a discount for everybody that has a pull list, which is pretty cool. I'm not sure what it is, but um, go check out the Zone Comic Shop. All right, and of course, always Black Rifle, one of the first supporters of the show. I'm proud, proud partner with them. Um, join their comic, uh, or I'm sorry, their comic club. God, that would be awesome if you could get comics and coffee at the same time. Somebody needs to do that, right? Did, did I just like... Did I just blow some shit up right there? Comics and coffee. No. I know there's a podcast, but they needs to be like a place you can go drink Black Rifle and read comic books. That would be awesome. But uh, get in their coffee club today. Save some money. I know some of, some, some of you guys, even in the chat, have already got your coffee, and you love it. And I'm really, really glad to hear that. So please check that out. And last but not least, proud member of the giant size team up network. Uh, they took me in a long time ago, said, Hey man, we like what you do. And I was like, what? Well, I think you got the wrong guy, man. You know, I do, I do a weird comic book show that has no production value at all. And they're like, no man, we do. We dig you. You know, we dig, we like what you do. We think you would fit in with us. And I'm like, uh, yeah, where do I sign up? And then lo and behold, they're a great, great bunch of guys. And not only that, man, Three, or no, I'm sorry, four shows out of the six are 2017 Podcast Award nominees. Myself, this show, Botched, a D&D podcast, uh, Breaking the Panel, Pokemon Go. Uh, the, our newest acquisition is Toy Power. Uh, there are some Aussies that talk about toys and shit. They talk about a lot of vintage stuff, which is really, really cool. I have yet to check them out, but I'm going to, guys, I promise. Uh, and look, guys, I'm telling you right now, if you have not seen or heard of Botched, you've got to listen to these guys, man. It's like, you know, you've got this image of D&D nerds. I know I do. And these guys not only do not fit that, but they should. Like, if you looked at them, you wouldn't think this. But then when you listen to them, you're like, holy shit, these guys are fucking nerdtastic. And then when you, like, meet them, you're like, this doesn't fit at all. It, there's such 
an enigma. Uh, it, but they have a great show. It's funny. It's like one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. I'm a little behind on it because of everything. But, um, hey, man, they're, they're fantastic, and you need to check them out. Uh, and for just for my boy, my, my, my sidekick co-host that's in the chat right now, I have to give a shout-out to Casey Strohs, who is, correct me if I'm wrong, Casey, but pretty much a permanent fixture of breaking the panel now. Congratulations, man. That's fantastic. That's a great show. Those guys really get into the weeds. Uh, you know, really intelligent guys. That's the reason I'm not on the show much. I used to co-host, and they were probably like, man, get this fucking guy. He really breaks our show down. Uh, so you, you guys really need to check it out. I mean, they really kind of like hit like comic book shit on a social intellectual level which again is why i'm not on the show much but i do like to listen to it and like when chris wisdom talks i just kind of fast forward so and you can do the same thing yes he has been nailed to the wall ladies and gentlemen casey stroh's permanent fixture on breaking panel that's awesome man congratulations um Guess you can't be my sidekick anymore, but oh well. I guess I'd find somebody else. No, I'm just kidding. Casey, you're always welcome on this show, brother, and I'll get you on very, very soon. Uh, all right, man. That's enough of that crap. All right. Movie news. Damn. First of all, before we get into Ragnarok, there is a lot of Justice League scenes that have leaked. Not really know. If, I don't think they've leaked, leaked pretty sure warner brothers leaked them so it's not like a hack leak but they're out there to watch is my point don't watch them do not watch them for one thing you're you're gonna go you know dc is really bad about showing you everything in the trailer anyway i feel like i've already seen too much now i don't want to be tempted to go look at scenes and then go to the movie and go well fuck, i've seen everything and and let me tell you about a scene like i did watch one scene and i was mad at myself because I don't know what happened before, so everything that happened in this scene, I'm taking out of context of where this scene is supposed to be. So I'm already forming opinions on this movie by watching these scattered scenes. So I don't know why they do this. I think it's just, okay, for the older guys in the group, um, do you remember, like, we didn't used to see a lot of movie trailers as kids. Like, you heard about a movie, and you might see, like, a 20-second spot on TV and go, what is this Star Wars thing? It looks so cool. You know, nothing about it. And then when you went to the movie, you were like, holy shit, what is this? Pulp Fiction for me. A buddy of mine was like, we watched the trailer. We were hanging out drinking beer, and he goes, man, I like John Travolta. I was like, yeah, I did too. I ain't seen that motherfucker in a minute. Let's go watch it. Had no idea. What we were getting into. And this is all, you know, pre-internet. So when we went, we were blown away by this 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 choreo- this choreography, this different uh, directing style, this script that was insanity. Uh, and we loved every minute of it. It's so hard to have that now. Um, you know, I was listening to a review of Ragnarok today, and a guy was like, you know, I really wish they could have kept... The Hulk, uh, I wish they hadn't showed him in the trailer. And it's like, uh, you're a fucking idiot because the main goal is to get people excited about going to the movie. And that's what they do. Showing you the Hulk and Thor, you had they had everybody's money. And I don't think they showed a whole lot of the Hulk. So I thought they did that pretty well. 
uh, just just really in the in the arenas where you've seen him, but he's in other parts too. So I thought they did a very good job of not. Marvel does a good job at trailers. DC not so much. So what I'm saying is, if you've got to see the scene, go watch it. But take everything with a grain of salt until you see the picture as a whole, and then make a decision on it. And DC DC fans or fan, comic book fans as a whole are just really critical of DC movies. So, uh, all right, Ragnarok. <clears throat> I've already had one guy like when I posted my uh, my little promo about the show being on. You know, there's a picture of Thor where he's smiling, like, "Oh, my friend from work." You know. Uh, and the guy immediately goes, man, that movie sucked. <laughs> and I was like, oh, really? Well, what didn't you like about it? You know, like, I get it. Uh, why? You know, it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. And what I mean by that, and I was afraid of this reading the reviews, the humor. There's a lot, a lot of humor. There's a lot of comedy. It's a very, very different take from the previous two Thor films. And not only that, I think it's a I think it even takes it a little bit further than the Guardians film did. Now, this is where Guardians 2 failed for me, which is I felt like they tried to inject too much humor and it didn't work. In this movie, I feel like it was almost too much humor, but it still worked for me. Uh I'm a Thor fan. And the reason I like the God of Thunder, not the Lord of Thunder, the God of Thunder, is because he's a bad motherfucker. He's a Viking god. Uh, he drinks, he beats people up, he kills people, and he, he bangs chicks. Not much not to like about a dude like that. Oh, and he's got beautiful blonde hair and can grow a fucking epic beard. So there's really not, not anything not to like about the Odin son. So when I was reading all these reviews with all this humor, even people that didn't like the movie loved the comedy. I'm like, oh, man, they're going to make Thor goof. And I didn't like that. I was already having these preconceived notions in my head. Then I go see the movie. And I'm like, if they didn't make him so badass, he would have been a goof. But he's, he's badass. He's a lovable. He's relatable. Like... You know, maybe Thor shouldn't be so relatable. But what I'm telling you is, uh, it worked for me. It won't work for some people. And I, and I totally understand that. Uh, what, I, well, what I don't understand is people that love the Guardians films that don't like this. And I'm like, I don't understand that because this is way more humorous than the Guardians films, I think. And I loved, I loved both of them, to be honest. I loved the first one. It's one of my favorite Marvel movies. I love the second one. I thought it failed on some levels, but mostly it was pretty successful for what it was. This movie here, I feel like, is the perfect amount of badass and comedy. It was a lot of fun. Now, the story is the story. It's uh, it's not too deep, but I like shit like that, okay? Do I have any Bloodsport fans in the room? Did anybody like fucking Rambo? How about The Predator? Did you like those movies? Well, guess what? Not much of a fucking story there, guys. But you were entertained. There was badass moments. You, you laughed. You went, yeah! You went, yes! You know, like, like fucking Thor does. Uh, it was the perfect balance of comedy and badassery. I mean, it really, really was. Which it vaults really, really high 
on my Marvel scale because of that. And I'm a Thor fan. I'm a Thor fan. So, but uh, Tahika Watiti, Tahika Watiti, I think that's how you say his name, I don't know. Uh, I like sounded it out and shit on my paper, but I think I still butchered it. Uh, He comes from a comedic background, and I thought that he did a really, really good job. Now, there's one scene, and everybody's asked me about this scene. I won't spoil it, but it is at the very end of the movie, like almost the very end of the movie. Something very um, climactic happens that's going to resonate through the Marvel Universe for a long time. And then there's not only one joke, there's two jokes. And they come from the character called Grog, who is actually played by Watiti. So maybe that's why that shit didn't hit the cutting room floor, which I think it should have. Um, but other than that, I thought they did a really good job balancing it. Uh, but let me tell you this, guys. For you comic book fans, there are so many callbacks to Walt Simonson. There's so many um, like with Scourge, like Scourge's storyline is taken like right out of the comic books, uh, which some people are going to find a little lacking. I think they might, but when he, when it, when his tale ended the way it ended, I was like his subplot or whatever you want to call it. I was like, yes, awesome. I see what you did there. That was fucking cool. Great nod to the comic books. Oh, and, like, I posted uh, an Easter egg article that I thought was really good that hit most of them on the Blazing Defender Report page on Facebook. There's one that no one's caught yet, but God damn it, I know it. And it's from my boy Jason Aaron, who I won't give it away, but in his God Butcher run, one of the, fir- the first run he did, the Mighty Thor, there is, uh, he's the librarian of the Hall of Gods, which is basically a big library from like for like gods and their texts and their stories and their fables and all this. And this this librarian is an asshole. Like he's a old crusty fucking asshole. And he asked Thor, Well, are you the god of this? And that is a line in the movie. I won't say who even says it, but I'm like, ah, Jason Aaron, yes. So I thought that was really cool. No one's really wrote about that yet from what I've seen. So I thought that was a really cool nod. But there's so many of those Easter eggs, man. Um, It's really, really cool. So I loved it. Cannot wait to see it again. That's kind of what I'm waiting for. I need to watch it twice before I do my review. uh, Because I go to watch it as a fan. I'm a fan of all this stuff. Uh, I try not to be too much of a critic, but I know I do a podcast where I do this shit. So I feel like I have to be a little bit critical sometimes. So the second time I go, I'm going to look at it from, you know, rising action, the falling action to resolution. And, and we'll see. We'll see where it falls, falls and all that. But hey, man, for nine bucks, 10 bucks, whatever I paid for. Take my money. Take my money again. I'll pay twenty dollars to see that movie again. It was fantastic. I loved it. Some of the best fight scenes in any Marvel movie. And the Captain America movies, I thought the fight scenes were fantastic. These are in such a more of an epic scale. The Hella fight scene was almost reminiscent of uh, the Donnie Brook from Matrix Revolutions. 
Like, it was so flawless and cool. She's a bad bitch, and I never thought I'd say Kate Blanchett was hot as hell, but she really was. Uh, so, yeah, I love the movie. And the end of this movie, like I said before, is going to have major ramifications throughout the Marvel Universe. And for Thor. Maybe not so much for the entire MCU as for Thor himself. So, very, very cool stuff, man. Guys, go out and see it. You're going to love it. I hope you love it. And if you don't love it, yeah, even if you do love it, let me know what you thought about it. Let me know what you think about uh, the humor. Was it too much? Was it just right? I thought it was a perfect balance. But we'll see. Um, I'm trying to see here if I had anything else. Oh, and I tell you, you know, I, I feel like, and I can say this without it spoiling anything, there is, you know, you always have this argument. Remember I was talking about on the cell phones earlier, you're like, oh, who would do this? Who's stronger? Who's stronger than this? Um, and you you don't know. Well, I, I hate it like in BVS. I feel like, you know, when people say Batman can beat Superman, people go, bullshit. I feel like there was a definitive answer there. Yes, he can. So you always hear, who's stronger, Hulk or Thor? Who would win in a fight? A knockdown, drag-out fight. Who would win? I think this movie pretty much gives you the answer. Like... It's ambiguous and definitive all at the same time. So if for nothing else, you go see it to find out who'd be better. So pretty cool, uh, pretty cool movie. I loved it. Can't wait to see it again. All right, that's enough of that. No spoilers. I told you, man, no spoilers. I'm not going to spoil shit. I didn't. Comic book reviews. Comic book reviews for last week. I said, guys. Great fucking week in comic books. Uh, not the biggest week, but quality-wise, one of the best weeks that there was. Um, okay, I'm going to start with Batman 34. Uh, this is Tom King's Batman. I love me some Tom King. Uh, his last run, the War of Jokes and Riddles, where it was basically the Riddler and the Joker... Uh, they were warring against each other, and Batman's kind of caught in the middle. He was kind of a bit player till the end. Fantastic run, right? All right. Now we have, for those of you who don't know, spoiler alert, this has happened several issues ago, Batman has proposed to uh, Selena Kyle, Catwoman, and they're going to be married. She said yes, so I assume they're engaged or whatever. Well, there is a storyline that happened back in Snyder's run where – um, Catwoman was blamed for the death of over 300 people. And she's a wanted fugitive. And Batman actually tracked her down to bring her in and then found out that she didn't do it. So now we have this nightmare Batman from, from BVS. Like, he's got the trench coat. He's got the goggles on his head and shit, which is one of my favorite iterations of the character. Uh, him and Catwoman have went to see Talia al Ghul to find, we find out in this issue, to find this person that has committed this crime. Now, here's some of the things that I liked about the issue. Uh, love Jolie Jones's art. Holy shit. I don't know where this shit came from. Bitch can draw. I'm telling you. She can fucking draw. Like I said, this Nightmare Batman uh, is one of my favorite iterations of the character. And they're in the desert, so it kind of makes sense. But they pulled it straight out of BVS, which I really dig. Uh, and, and as a side note, I lo- it's not even a side note, really, but it's kind of a side plot in the story. I love this Damien Dick Grayson 
uh, callback to the Grant Morrison run where they become like they have this bond. And if anybody knows anything about Damian Wayne, the new Robin, he is maybe the biggest dick even for a fucking kid, he's the biggest little shit in the fucking DC universe. And he's a bad motherfucker. Well, in Dick Grayson, arguably, could definitely fill Batman's shoes and not miss a beat. So, you know, Dick's pretty bad, bad boy himself. But they had this bond. And this whole Selena, Gary B, his stepmom, they're going to go see his real mom, has got Damien fucking twisted. And he's went to Superman. Superman's like, I can't help you. Bruce asked me not to help you guys in this. He's got to do this himself. So the whole Dick Grayson, Damien thing I thought was really, really good. Uh, again, I say we find out why they're going to go see Talia. The, uh, Bats, is, I assume, is going to try to clear Selena's name. I, mean, I guess because he wants to. I don't know. I mean, she's still Catwoman. He's still Batman. Everybody thinks Catwoman did it. She, Selena Kyle can still go on. I don't know. Um, but he's wanting to clear the name. He says he just wants to talk to her. I think we all know that's not going how it's going to go down. And Talia's like, come get her. Talia's a bad bitch. The most dangerous chick. I thought Shiva was the most dangerous chick in the DCU. But Batman says it's this chick. So, I don't know. Uh, this is what I didn't like. The dialogue between Batman and Catwoman. It just seems goofy to me. Like, they, it's like... Okay, they're engaged. We know they've been in this relationship, and he's making them talk like they've been married for 30 years. You know, and they call, he calls her cat, and she calls him bat. I don't know. It's like, this, me and my wife had pet names for each other, too. Okay, and I don't know. Maybe they're goofy, too. But if I was in a comic book, I wouldn't, you know, if I was in a story, I wouldn't be calling her that. I'd be like, Shannon, goddammit, duck, or whatever. But, yeah, I didn't like it. Uh, the story's a little muddled, but Tom King's style, I've, I've said this before, it's like Bruce Lee, like, the art of fighting without fighting, you know, like, it's Tom King's art of writing without writing, you know, it's just weird, he's got a weird style, this is a transitional issue, so let's let it be that, uh, I still liked it, and, and I love Tom King, he delivers when you don't think he's going to, so I still have faith in it, and I love the artwork, so there you go. Seven, seven oh, uh, for Batman 34. All right, White Knight number two, uh, by fucking Sean Murphy, written and drawn by Sean Murphy. Love me some Sean Murphy. Very few guys can write and pull off art. Now, very few guys can do both of those things at the same time well. Sean Murphy not only can write extremely well, but his art is, dare I say, maybe besides Jerome Opeña, which they had different styles, he may be the best there is. He may be the best there is in the game. This His Batman White Knight is not in continuity. Now, some of you guys that aren't in the comic books, you're going to be like, what is not in continuity mean? It means like this is not in our DC universe. This is a story that takes place outside of it, kind of like the multiverse. Like, this is Earth Zero in the DC universe. Seriously, that's what it's called. In another universe, it may be Earth 3, 32, 5. I don't know. You fucking pick a number. It doesn't make a difference. So that's where this story is. Joker is looking like the hero here. 
And this is what I like. This is what I liked about it. I try not to spoil the comic books either, guys, because trust me, there's nothing better than reading a comic book and you're going page, 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 page. Oh, shit. There's nothing better than that. It's just like watching a great movie and they're fucking kitting you in the fucking face with something. Comic books, are, it's a different medium, but the same techniques apply. So I try not to spoil anything. So what I'll tell you is this is what I liked about the issue. Um, the, some of the best stories in literature, comic books, whatever, fables for that matter, mirror events that are happening in our in our reality as of right now. Saul Murphy's telling a tale about the how our relationship with the one percent of America, police brutality, and this strange romantic infatuation that the Joker has with Batman. So he's doing a lot of stuff and he's balancing it really, really well. Like I never I'm never reading a page. I'm never bored and I'm never going, what the fuck? Now, sometimes that happens and it ends up being fine at the end. I'm cool with that. But Sean Murphy's got a very, very smooth style of writing, and I really dig it. Uh, and I'll tell you what, this this story has a little bit of, of, of a transitional issue, too. But the art makes up for anything that could be wrong with this book. I mean, Sean Murphy is a fucking comic book art rock star. He really is. Um, now, the cons. Harley, Harley Quinn... Uh, makes a debut in this book. Um, there's two Harleys, and I'm not going to lie, it was a little confusing. And then how Jack Napier, who is the Joker, how he didn't know which one was which at first was a little confusing to me. And I don't think Sean Murphy meant for it to come off as confusing as it was. Maybe he did. Maybe he's trying to illustrate that this Joker's still not right. Um, but there's still a lot of story to tell in this and, and it's going to be fine. Issue two, and I'm going to tell you out of any mini series, issue two is usually a letdown. The first issue is fantastic. You're pumped. You're hyped. Conan Wonder Woman from a few weeks ago, Conan number one, Conan Wonder Woman number one. I loved it. I was like, oh, this is so cool with these flashback scenes. And did Conan and Diana know each other when they were kids? This is awesome. Then the second issue hits and you're like, oh, God, this is fucking terrible. So now that's an extreme case. But issue two is sometimes a letdown. This is not that. Don't get me wrong, guys. This is not a letdown. Um, issue two, sometimes a letdown. But it's strong everywhere else, and it's still one of the best titles on the shelves. 8.2. So, for a letdown issue, <laughs> you got a fucking 8.2. So, Batman White Knight, it's a fantastic story. Go check that shit out, man. Uh, highly, highly recommended. All right. Astonishing X-Men, number five, by Charles Soule and oh, Ramon... I don't know this guy's name, and I'm going to tell you why it doesn't make a difference in a minute. Rosanius, uh, Rosanius, Ros Rosanius, whatever. He ain't that good, and that's going to be one of my cons. But uh, Astonishing X-Men is one of my favorite books on the shelves as far as X-Men books go. You've got gold, you've got blue, you've got this big push on X-Men. Astonishing X-Men started, holy shit, really, really strong. Great artist. You had Diodato, then you had McGinnis. You had some really good artists. 
Then they started getting these guys, and it's like, whoa, dude, this these guys are terrible. What the fuck happened? Uh, but it's still one of my favorite X books. Charles So keeps us guessing if this is our Charles uh, Xavier or not. Now, like I said, no spoiler because you're issue five. Charles Xavier is in a in the astral plane battling Farouk, the Shadow King, who's a X-Men foe for, for many, many a year, and he's a, a fucking high-powered one. So they're doing this mental chess game by using the X-Men that have entered the astral plane to stop Farouk. They have no idea about Charles Xavier. In this issue, Charles makes it known to Rogue that, yes, he is. it is him. He's not just some figment of anybody's imagination. Or is he? Oh, we don't know yet. Uh, but he's trying to tell her what is going on and how he's trying to help them. Uh, so it, it, it's it's really cool. And, man, I tell you what, you really learn that Charles Xavier is the most powerful telepath in the Marvel Universe. Like, when he starts saying about his level of deceit that he's been given to Farouk, and Farouk's no slouch himself, you really are like, God damn, Charles is a bad motherfucker. So, uh, but is it Charles? We already know Charles has a deal that if he wins, he gets to take out the X-Men. So what's up with that? You know, so we're going to find out uh, the cons. The art is total shit. I mean, I swear to God, like if you even look at look at this. All right. Look at this cover. Did I show you the cover? It's not much. Just look. I mean, really? That is that Bishop? Is that Gambit? What the fuck? Come on, man. Not good, especially when they gave us great artists to begin with. Not good. Um, and there's been too many artists on the book. Like you go from Diodato, who's fantastic, and then you go to Ed McGinnis, which I like McGinnis, don't get me wrong, but it's the the you gotta have some continuity in the artwork. And like, don't give me this style and then give me this style and then give me this style. I mean, it just really doesn't do well for the story. Um I let's see. Still still a, a, a compelling story, but it's losing steam when it really should be hitting its stride right now in issue five. Because Blazing Defender rule is I gave everything three issues. This survived that. Okay, so it needs to be really ramping up. This um, does it, and then it doesn't because the art is so terrible. 6.8. 6.8. I wanted to give it a 7, but I just really couldn't give it a 7. Sorry. Uh, couldn't give you a 7. <laughs> All right, uh, this next book. Like I said, guys, this is a good fucking week, man. Oh, you know what? I'm going to do Vader next. Where's Vader? <laughs> Look at this, Darth Vader. And you're like, whoa, what's all them red lightsabers? Who are these dudes? Well, for all you numb nuts, you Star Wars fans, or you so-called Star Wars fans, I, th- I call you filthy casual Star Wars fans, if you're not reading the Marvel comics... You're really, really doing yourself a disservice because there's a lot of shit going on in these comic books that can come back later and be canon for the films. Now, this Darth Vader series is um, the second volume of since Marvel Comics took it back over. Charles Soule, again, on this book is fantastic. The first Darth Vader series was my, ser- my, my series of the year last year for 2016. This is definitely going to be in my list for 2017. It's going to surpass the first volume. 
And this is why you're really getting to see how the Empire invader and Palpatine wiped out the Jedi. You're getting ready to see all this. There's no more how they do it. There's no way. And the Jedi scattered. And yeah, well, guess what? They get fucking hunted down. And and there's an introduction of a new I, I, she's a Jedi, but she was the um, she was the the archive of the Jedi Temple. This chick like knew everything. Her name is Jacosta New, and uh, Palpatine wants her fucking hunted down. Now, what's cool about this is Palpatine has has given the Inquisitors to Vader to train. This book, like. The top two villains out of any genre, any medium. Think about it. All right. Who are your top two villains? And I've kind of given away because Vader's going to be one of them, right? Okay. Who's the other one? The Joker, right? Okay. Top two villains. For years, I was always like, yes, she was in episode three. Casey makes a good point. She was in episode three, uh, but you didn't talk... She was the one when Obi-Wan was looking for the planet. Uh, the planet that he couldn't find on Camino. The Yeah, it was Camino, right? It was Camino was the planet that was supposed to be in the solar system that wasn't. And then he went to Yoda and the younglings were like, oh, that means somebody tampered with... Yeah, you know, that little fucker. But uh, yes, she, he was. What I meant was she's introduced here as a, as a new Jedi in the comic books. But yes, Casey, thanks uh, for pointing that out that I messed that up. But anyway... Um, so yeah, so, uh, Palpatine wants her hunted down and now Vader has these inquisitors to train. So this book opens up and this is the reason I was talking about the top two villains for years. I didn't really understand Vader being so like feared. Yeah. Yeah. He was badass and all that shit. Yeah. That's scary. I get it. Uh, and he's black and you know, you know, all black people are scary. I get it. No. He didn't do shit to be to have this reputation. The comic books have given him that reputation for me. This the, this book starts out where the, uh, the 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 Grand Inquisitor goes to look at how Vader's training him, and Vader's cutting off their fucking arms, and he's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "They're weak. They fight like Jedi. This will remind him of that." Like, you got all these Inquisitors laying down. They ain't got no fucking, their left arms cut off. And you're like, holy shit. And, you know, the Grand Inquisitor's like, hey, man, you know, we're all ex-Jedi. So, like, we're formidable. He goes, no, you're weak. He said, Jedi only attack, like, they're defensive fighters. Like, they only attack when they're attacked. You need to learn not to do that because you'll lose. And it's like, oh, my God, this motherfucker's awesome. So there's a there's a rift going on between him and the Grand Inquisitor because he's basically like, you know, Palpatine, trust me. And Vader's like, no, he don't. Uh, you need to worry about me, dude. You you don't even you don't even talk to, to the Palpatine anymore. You don't even talk to uh, him. You you deal with me, motherfucker. So so now they're out to find find this librarian, uh, Jacosta New, and she's doing some shit that is really really cool. And, um, oh man, it may spoil it for some people in the chat, but like, okay, Casey, so what she's trying to do, does that end up really becoming a thing or is that something we hope to see later? 
I know there's a lag uh, with me asking a question, a question coming through. So we'll see. But that's really cool, man. Like, the, I, I don't watch Star Wars Rebels, and like, uh, Ahsoka has been mentioned like indirectly. I know who she is because I, I did watch a couple seasons. Uh, but I know Ahsoka has been mentioned, and there's a they're teasing about a surprise Jedi, a familiar Jedi coming back. So I'm really curious who that is. This is a fantastic book, guys. I mean, really, have I not just said it? Now, okay, here are the cons. The cons are the art. Giuseppe, um, Giuseppe Kamenacoli, I hate the way he draws Vader. I fucking hate the way he draws Vader. But his landscapes, how he draws other planets, and his fight scenes really kind of make up for it for me. Uh, so his va- like his armor's round, and it shouldn't be. It should be more angular. I don't know. Maybe that's uh, being uh, a little picky, but it's very badass. I love the Inquisitors. I love what Vader's doing with them. I love the Palpatine um, uh, v- Vader chemistry, like the way they talk to each other. It's, it's kind of cool. Uh, and this Jacosta knew. I love her. Like, she's so chill, man. And, like, when she pulls out her lightsaber, she's like, we thought we were done. We're not done yet. And I'm like, this whole bitch is badass. So, yeah, I love Vader number seven, man. 9.1. Uh, I think it's really, really cool uh, what they're doing with her. And I'm really hoping that they're laying Easter eggs for some stuff that we might see in The Last Jedi and maybe even Episode Nine, So that would be really fucking cool, right? All right. Uh, two more books. One more book before we get to the pick of the day. All right. The uh, Dark Knight's Metal tie-in, Batman the Devastator. And that's a foil-embossed cover. Uh, that's the reason it kind of shines like that on camera. Uh, for for my iTunes listeners, that's I'm showing the, the guys a cover by Jason Fabok, friend of the show, Jason Fabok. Uh, but yeah, this is by Frank Terreri and Tony Daniel. Um, this may be one of my favorite Dark Knight origins, and why is because of all the BVS references. Like there is a fight that is taken basically directly out of the movie. Um, and it, and it, it kind of uses the injustice storyline, but it also kind of takes from the Batman versus Superman, uh, the dream of the nightmare Batman. It kind of takes from that too. You don't know why in Batman's dream that, or not maybe a dream, but like time boom or whatever they call it, where he's actually seeing something that's going to happen in the future. You don't know why Superman has went bad, but he has. So, and what do we always say about Batman? Why does Batman always win? Uh, is it lenticular? I thought it was foil embossed. I thought that's what they called this. No, Jason, lenticular is when they change. I had one. I had one back here. The uh, The button cover... With uh, Flash and Batman, that's a lenticular. This is this is what they call foil embossed. Like if I took it out as plastic, it looks like it's got like foil on it. Um, pretty sure, pretty sure that's right. But anyway, so um, and what we always say about Batman, Batman always has a plan. He always has a contingency. That's why he never loses. Well, you know, Batman's got the fucking spear with the kryptonite on the end and fucking superman shoots his fucking arm off 
Like, well, you ain't using that. And, he, and then Superman's talking shit to him. He's like, you know, for years, people have always talked about how you could beat me. You can't beat me. You know, like he's talking shit. And Batman's like, ah, well, fuck. I thought I could, but now I'm really going into my bag of tricks. He, Bruce, this Bruce Wayne from this dark universe, had manufactured a doomsday virus. And he inhales this doomsday virus and becomes doomsday. And the fight after that is basically the fight from BBS when Superman fights Doomsday. And spoiler alert, he loses. Okay, that's not really a spoiler alert because in all these dark iterations, this is what happens. Okay? So now, of course, the Batman that laughs comes to the Devastator and is like, Hey, look, you know, you're, this universe was doomed anyway. But I can take you to another one and you, we can change it together. That's how he's gotten all these guys. And so the Devastator comes to this, our Earth, Earth Zero, remember, in the multiverse, Earth Zero in this DC Universe, and we open with him fighting Lobo. Now, if anybody knows, I love Lobo. If anybody knows Lobo, he's kind of like a Hulk and a Wolverine combined. You almost can't kill him. He heals from any wound. He's super strong, super fast, super brawly, and Devastator fucks him up. Like, I'm like... Holy shit, is Lobo really dead? This is fucked up. Like, all these Dark Knights that have came over, they are big-time players, you all. And now with Superman taken out of the picture, I'm getting a little ahead of myself because this is all part of the metal storyline, but this is a tie-in. But I loved this because of one thing. It's, it gets emotional when Bruce shows up and sees Lois. And... Then, like, he's Bruce. And she's like, Bruce, where have you been at? Where's where's um, Clark? I'm going to keep it on this strong face. People are freaking out. I'm starting to freak out. And then he shows that he's really not the Bruce from this world. So, and then he becomes Doomsday, the Devastator. And he really kind of wants to save Lois. And he thinks he is. He thinks that Superman has made everybody weak by thinking that you can be better than you are. And it's a lie. To him, it's a lie. So he infects Lois. So Lois, being the mother, runs to John. And that's where it got really good for me is she's out to save John. She knows she's fucked. So she's going to save John. They, Superman, being a smart dude, too. They had a contingency plan for something like this for John. So that was really cool. Uh, this was one of my favorite. Uh, and Tony, I love Tony Daniels' work. And, and I think every one of these origin stories gets a little bit better. Now, this is the con that I have. All these origin stories, they're one issue. So it's really condensed. It's really fast. And sometimes you can feel like, eh, really? Not with this one. This one was very good. And it was emotional. Great artwork. Uh, great fight scenes, uh, just really cool. And I love the BVS references too. So 8.8, .8, I could have went as high as of nine, but uh, I'm just, you know, trying to be a dick. But no, really, uh, it, it was pretty good. Um, I loved it. And like I said, it's probably one of my favorites. All right, guys. It's the Blazing Defender Report, pick of the week. All right. Huge shock. Huge shock. Captain America 695, guys. And let me just start by saying, our Captain America is fucking back, baby. He's back in a big way. Um, now, the, what makes this book so special and that has been such, so hyped 
is Mark Wade and Chris Samney are probably one of the best creative teams in comic books working today, if not the best. Snyder Capullo right up there. These guys have done great work on Black Widow, on uh, Daredevil. I mean, they've just, they're just so good together. I love Mark Wade. So when I heard that they were going to be in charge of bringing Cap, our Cap, back, I was pretty excited about it. Okay, now at the end of Legacy number one, we see our Captain America coming back to us, and he's shaking. And he's kind of like, I've got to figure some shit out on my own. So he gets on his motorcycle and kind of takes off. That's the last time we've seen him. So the, the, the concept of this book is, and I believe this is what they're going to do every, for every issue, is he's going to be traveling to a different place and coming up against a different challenge each issue with a larger lurking danger every issue until we get to the end of the story arc. So, But Cap's trying to find himself. Uh, he's still dealing with the fallout from Secret War. Um the 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 script is really good because it doesn't get preaching it doesn't get too heavy and what happens is this cap it starts out in the beginning cap is fo- uh, uh, foiling a bank robbery by some some premise known as the rampart okay so in doing that some of these people don't know who he is which that makes the continuity in this book a little bit a little bit weird because it was ten years ago okay. So some people are like, who are you? You know, and and he's telling this little girl, like her him, her and her brother are freaking out. And I mean, these guys are shooting and buying caps, trying to save people and take them out. So he gets them to safety and he tells her, he goes, Hey, you have to watch him because you're bigger than he is. So you have to make sure he's safe. And she's like, Okay. And then there's a scene where Cat, one of these guys kind of gets to drop on Cap, and the kid kind of is like, no, you leave him alone. And Cap's like, oh, shit. And they shoot, and Cap shaves him with the shield. And what's cool is, after the shot ricochets off the shield, it hits the flag inside the building. And Cap not only takes the guy out and comes over and gets the flag before it hits the ground. Fucking Cap is back, motherfuckers. Uh, so that was really cool. And that's just in the first scene, you know, like the first flashback scene. So Cap's... This place was uh, Bennington, Nebraska. Fuck, it was somewhere in Nebraska. I can't remember now. But when he goes back, now it's Captain America, Nebraska. And they're having an anniversary uh, for Captain America the day that he came in and foiled this bank robbery and saved all these people. Now, Cap's not there just, oh, I'm driving around. Oh, Captain America, Nebraska. I think I'll stop in. Oh, they're having a... It's not that. You end up finding out why Cap's there at the end. I'm not going to spoil that for you because that was pretty cool. But um, you've got all these people up there telling their story, how Captain America reached them. And they seen him do this. And their father told him about that. And it's just really cool. And people are looking at Cap going, hey, man. That's a cool cosplay. Like, no one thinks he's Steve Rogers. Like, man, you really look like Steve Rogers. But no one thinks that. So, after the world has been turned upside down from Secret War, or I'm sorry, Secret Empire, what is so cool about this is this small community that Cap touched 10 years ago, they still remember their Captain America and what he meant to them. And that's what they're celebrating that day. So when this Rampart show back up, 
Okay, the Rampant. The Rampant, I think that's what they're called. Uh, they're kind of like a Hydra spinoff, it looks like. They're there because of the anniversary that they got their ass kicked. Well, they're back to show that they're better now. They're better now. Well, they had no idea that Cap was going to be waiting for them, and he was. So now everybody sees Captain America for what he, like, oh, shit, this is our Steve Rogers. And when the people come up to him, it's like, hey, you taught us back then. We stand up for ourselves. Like, you taught us that. Like, you know, even back when this guy was doing this, we were still standing up for ourselves because that's what we believe in. So, man, I'm telling you, man, I got teary-eyed at the end of this. Like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, and Cap's badass. Like, the shit that he says to these guys. Like, you know, Cap don't talk shit, really. But when he does and he says, like, a little something like, you're going to, you come and get it. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, my God. So, it was so good. And it just gave you that feeling like you did when you were a kid and you were reading comic books and you got excited and they captured that for me in this book, man. Uh, so, so good. Um, okay. The cons, I have to have a con on every book cause no book's perfect. Um, uh, there's, there's two books that are actually perfect, but anyway, um, the opening was a little confusing, uh, but then as you read the story, it clears it up. I'm just stupid. Um, but it, you know, I, I, I almost cried at the end of this book. That's a con and a pro because I don't have to craft books. But it was just so uplifting, so emotional. It's a fantastic book. Um, this this series is bringing Cat back. He's bringing Cat back for all of us. Uh, the heroic Cat that inspires all of us, regardless of race or gender. And that's what to me. That's what Captain America represents. You know, there was a big there was a big discrepancy when the Falcon became Cap, and people were pissed off, and other people thought, "Ah, you're just mad because it's a black guy." No, man, you know, you're kind of missing what Cap represents. Yeah, he's white, but he represents the best in all of us. It's not white or black. It's just like, do the fucking right thing, man. Um, so that's one of the reasons Cap's my favorite and always will be. 9-7, pick of the week. Uh, Chris Semney and Mark Wade have done it again. I'm not saying this is going to be the greatest run on Captain America of all time, but by God, this first issue was fantastic. And it's a great for this. This is one of the reasons I like this book too. This is a great jumping on point more than any of my other books for new fans. Like if you want to get started and read comic books today, Captain America 695 is a great place to start. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of like it's his, He's back. He's different. He's got to learn who he is again. And guess what? You can learn who he is along the journey. And that's what makes comic books so fucking fantastic, guys. But uh, 6.95, 9.7. It was awesome. Please check that out. Oh, uh, and Chris Samney. Let me just say about his art. His art is a very comic booky. What I mean by that, he doesn't have near the details like somebody like Jerome Opeña or, um, let's see, who's the other guy? Oh, Sean Murphy. He doesn't have near the detail, but it's like classic comic book art, and his action scenes are really, really fantastic. Um, oh, Casey gives it a 10 out of 10. Man, Casey, I really wanted to... Um, Okay, the reason I didn't, and this is why, like, the reason I started podcasting about comic books is because every comic book 
show that I listened to, they either loved everything or it was a DC show. They loved all the DC stuff or it was a Marvel show and they loved all the Marvel stuff. It wasn't objective. And I'm a Captain America fucking fan. Like, he's my favorite. So I felt like, yeah, me crying at the end of the book, that's a 10.10. Or that's a 10.0. That's a 10 all day long. It's a perfect score. But, you know, like, I try to look at it from, like, if someone else is reading the book, they're not going to get emotional about it like I did because my motherfucking guy's back. You know what I mean? So, but I think I think a lot of people, even if they're not familiar with Cap, they can get that sense of pride and be inspired by these stories of average people talking about what Cap meant to them. So, you know, maybe you read comic books as a kid and you hadn't read them for years. I got a feeling you're going to get some of that nostalgia back if you read 695. So, yeah, man, I personally is 10 out of 10. But from the critic standpoint, I have to not give it that perfect score. Uh, but again, you know, I should maybe went 9.9. You know what, Casey? I think I will. I think I'll change my shit right now. 9.9, motherfuckers. Nine, seven can be made a nine very easily. I just did it. But, uh, yeah, guys, so that's it for the show. Uh, and, and as I sign off, I do want to say one thing. You know, I say this every show. The world's crazy. And the last few days, it has gotten a lot crazier uh, with things happening in Vegas, um, the church shooting a couple days ago in Texas, which is fucking just uh, it blows my mind. And then today in a very nice neighborhood in Louisville, we had a 15 year old kill a guy that was married. He's been married for nine days. He tried that him and his wife were robbed. Uh, walking back to their car for maybe dinner or night out, I don't know. And uh, and I don't know if the 15-year-old shot him, but the 15-year-old, there was a 15-year-old arrested. My point being is, it's crazy. It's fucking crazy out there. Head on a fucking swivel. Uh, you know, the military say it a lot. Be aware, be aware of your surroundings. And guys, just... You know, I don't know, man. I really don't know what the fuck I'm saying. But just just be careful. Love everybody. Love one another. Treat people like you'd want to be fucking treated. And everything will be just fucking fine. Oh, and yeah, don't be fucking crazy. How about that? How about just don't kill people? How about that? Just don't kill people. Unless they hit your dog, then you can kill them. And it's okay by me. Uh, but yeah, guys, thanks for joining in. I really appreciate it. And great comic books this week. I mean, one of the best weeks uh, for a short week like it was for me. It was fantastic. Uh, but yeah, check Vader out. Check Metal out. Check Captain America out. A lot of good stuff. Go see fucking Thor. Let me know what you thought about Thor. Uh, and guys, you can leave reviews on the Facebook page. I didn't know that until a couple of people did. And I was like, what's this? Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, if you want to leave a review on the Facebook page, that's fantastic. If you want to leave a review on iTunes, that'd be even greater. Uh, because that really helps me out, uh, you know, getting uh, what they call it, analytics. I don't know all these crazy terms, all the science and voodoo shit that they talk about, but it does help. So uh, if you want to help me out, that'd be great. Guys, new shirts are coming. I'm going to wear a couple on the show. Uh, Christmas is coming up. Nothing would make your loved ones happier than a blazing Defender shirt for Christmas. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Like, I don't even know if your family has been that good this year to get one of those. But if they are, let me know. We can make that shit happen. But, guys, thanks a lot for tuning in. I want to thank everybody in the chat. Have a happy Monday. I hope I made your Monday a little bit better. I know Mondays suck. But uh, we're going to try to do the show every Monday from here, from here on out. I think Monday works better for everybody. 
Um, so thanks a lot. Blazing Defenders out. Peace.